And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, PR with This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 250 of PNR's This Old Marketing, recorded Thursday, November 19th, 2020, our special Thanksgiving episode. And with me, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who hasn't yet conceded that he wasn't on this year's Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? <laughs> you, didn't, you, did, you didn't make it. No, again, again, I got robbed. Yeah. I'm I'm I, I I'm getting tired I, I of see. this. I'm, t- I'm tired of the battle. I think there should be a recount. I, I think there should be a recount. I think you really need to send a bunch of lawyers to Cooperstown and and really figure out what this whole thing is all well, about. Well, the problem is there's some of the writers. I don't know if you know the process behind voting for this, but what I kind of it's a yeah. Byzantine world yes. of major league. But what I found sure. out is that that some of these journalists don't even exist anymore. They're fake. It's completely ah, I not, see. Yes. Yeah, it's completely not real, and it's it, dead journalist voting. Is what so you're saying. So here's the thing: for the 2021 <laughs> Hall of Fame, they already know. Yeah, they already know. What does that mean? They already it's know. rigged. Ah, they already there we go. know. <laughs> and by the way, the Cleveland yeah. Indians won the 1995 and 97 World Series, but just I see. But just nobody, I yeah, see. nobody, nobody's claiming to this, but it actually happened. So these are the things that yes. I stand for. Tw- oh, I see. Twitter has just uh, noted that your latest tweet has been uh, uh, flagged with that, that this claim is uh, uh, objectionable. So I think, yeah, uh, I think we'll, we'll, sorry. we'll talk a little, a little bit about that. That's kind of funny. Here, no, here's my yeah. serious question. Okay. Because this is a serious show. Yeah. <laughs> Since when? This is episode 250. <laughs> yeah, right? Kind of a big deal. Come on now. That's, that's, yeah. Kind of a big deal. I don't know. Is that the... It's got a zero after it? Is that the it's wood kind of one of those anniversary you... or... I don't know. It's not Pearl. Whatever anniversary it is. Well, it's not time, so it's not really an anniversary, but go what? ahead. Yes, it is. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Keep going. You can't even play along with me yeah. on this. This is serious. I'm with you. I'm Here's with Here's my you. question. Why haven't yeah. we made more impact? <laughs> well, what what kind of impact would you any, like to make, my friend? Any kind of impact. Yeah, <laughs> any kind of impact. You know, I think um, I think you know. Here's the thing: we 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 do talk about this, you and I, a lot about um, you know the fact that we're still getting emails from people who are like, "Oh, I wish the podcast was back," and we're like, you know. It's it's it can be it can That's be hard. That's frustrating, but I especially think we're since impact. we've been back for about for a year now. Yeah, and just twice last week, people. Oh, what, I, know. I wish you'd do that. This old marketing podcast again. That was great. I'm like, I have been. Where are you at? Right. It's like, what do you got a BlackBerry? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Hey. 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 Yeah. Oh, I like BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah. I. You know. But I think. I think we're starting to see. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the numbers guy here. We're starting to see uh, a lot more action. We're starting to finally were. see a pickup. There are people yeah. that are realizing that we are actually on back on the air with our podcast. It's a thing. Yeah. Whether or not yeah. it's useful, and it, we don't know. 
But we seem to be yeah, keeping well, we seem to be keeping the audience we had when we restarted, and now we're slowly gaining bots. <laughs> Dead voters in Dead Pennsylvania, voters in Pennsylvania, is, Pennsylvania who we're, is we're getting. Yeah, bots and you know, yeah, Russian spies. Yeah, so that's really what we. Yeah. Had. By the way, <laughs> well, weren't you supposed I, to speak in Moscow this year? I. Uh, don't even oh, get I'm not me started. To start I, we, I'm sorry. No, no. We well, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last episode. Yes, that's that. You know that it was the first time that, uh, you know, in 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 the in the history really where the U.S. government and their policies and whatnot really affected uh, my business, um, which of course is speaking, workshops, consulting, etc. And yeah, we weren't allowed to go to. This this year, the the year of uh, of twenty twenty was I was supposed to go to to to, to Russia. Uh, now that uh, that that this year was supposed to happen and didn't happen because of of course the COVID. Um, but uh, but last year, no, it was two years ago actually, twenty eighteen that I was supposed to go, and it didn't happen because of the government. You know what's really sad about this whole thing is you and I talked right before one of our March shows, and we, you and I, yeah. if you remember this, we were in a big disagreement because I said you said I don't know by the <laughs> yeah. end of the year I'll travel we'll be before back, the end of the year we'll be back yes. to going to events, and I said that you would yep. not be speaking at an event of more than a hundred people until June of 2021. And what did you do? You basically laughed at I, me. I did. I did absolutely. This is one place. Uh, other than the Disney uh, Apple stupidity, um, <laughs> where I'm absolutely wrong, uh, I I fully cop to being wrong about this. Now, I did not in my in my defense, I did not count on the sheer knuckleheadedness of our country. I mean, it 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 amazes me that that we're even having this conversation. But but the the sheer stupidity of our um, you know of our of our country to get to get this thing under control. Um, and yeah, wear a mask. Good Lord. It's just not that it's hard. It's not that hard. It's not uh, that hard. Well, hope yeah. to, hopefully by June of next year, we'll be going to events again. Although I know we're going to talk about it. We've got some, some news in this episode, just talking about the changing nature of the event business. We do. Yeah. Super interesting. But before we get started, I know we're going to, are we doing anything different on this show? You, I mean, you're sort of the uh, the show master, so I just kind of show up, and you you actually do the work. So what are we doing? Show. We are doing something a little different in this episode because it is our Thanksgiving Aww. episode. So we are going to cover the news because we know that you guys really dig that. Um, and but so we are going to there and, and 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 honestly, it's a bit of a slow news cycle only because it is getting close to the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. So there's not a lot going on, but there is some stuff that we definitely need to talk about, as Joe just mentioned. But then instead of doing our rants and raves section, um, we're going to do a little bit of a Thanksgiving, what we're grateful for uh, this year, Joe and I. We're going to trade off a couple of different things that we're truly grateful for in 2020. And hopefully uh, if you're listening to this show as you've just finished Thanksgiving dinner or you know, you're grateful that Americans have this holiday so that you and Europe get this day off and don't have to bother with us weird Americans. Um, you know, you're taking your walk in the evening 
maybe it's a nice little thing to get, you know, to hear what we're, what we're grateful for. And maybe it'll align what you're grateful for this year. So that's what we thought we'd do. And we have no that's idea how nice. long we'll go here. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of I mean, nice. I hope it doesn't a... blow up in our face, but I'm looking forward to yeah. that part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing us, it probably, it's, yeah, it's going to go will. all wrong, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the news. Cool. Um, and uh, our top story, of course, comes to us courtesy of our friends at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and so it's an interesting one because it's one that, quite honestly, it's, it's got a little bit of a, a taste to it, I think. To, but anyway, the headline is Marketers Navigate a Tricky Moment Selling to a Divided America. Uh, the subheadline here is the election's over, but executives say disunity among consumers continues. Article opens up by saying brands face a daunting challenge in appealing to both red and blue America, even as a contentious political campaign season draws to a close, marketing executives said Tuesday. Uh, the quote is, how do we figure out how to work across the aisle? This will be true not only for the citizens of this country, it's also true for businesses, said Anne I'm not even going to, I'm not even going down that road. Chairman and chief executive for North America beverage company, Pernod Ricard. Uh, and so she said that during the Wall Street Journal CMO Network Summit. Unity is going to be key, so we cannot be tone deaf. We have to be thinking about all points of view. Many marketers may want or feel pressure to take stands during a period of passionate social movements, but would like to avoid some of the contentiousness that has marked the past few years, executives said. And it goes on to talk about uh, uh, you know uh, Richard Edelman, uh, CEO of uh, public relations firm Edelman, of course, says there's a deep demand for speaking up on societal issues, but there's some pushback on that. Should we do that? Um, there's the Twitter mob mentality. All of that's going on. What do you say about this? I mean, this is a really interesting time for marketers and sort of societal issues. Do you not think so? I think that if you if you started your company with a certain, let's say, tilt to it, like Patagonia comes to mind. So Patagonia, yeah. they've always been around sustainability and doing good and those types of things, and they charge you a boatload extra money for it. But that's neither here nor there. But the, the question is, they can get away with it. They stood for it, and they already have their core customer base that believes in that. So let's say that you are a brand and you started and you've been – Talk, talkative or, or speaking out about global warming from the beginning, I think you can do more of that now. You can really stand on those principles and say, this is what we stand for, and these are the customers we want, and these are the customers we don't want. Well, that's all fine and good unless you're Coke or Walmart. You can't, you can't make either side upset. So what do you do? You, bring, you don't bring it up at all, I don't think. Like the whole thing in the article talks about what's the... What's the one that um, that blew up in their face? Was it Gap that you talked about, or what? One of the ones that went out there and Gap did the whole Unity thing, and they took down the ad oh, right yeah. away. Gap, yeah, it was the Gap. Yeah, yeah. So a company like yeah, so a company like like Gap now they're called you know tone deaf, and they're getting all kinds of crap because of it. Okay, they can't do it. I think it's great for companies that are just starting out that want to go in deep, and you say, look, these this is. I want to choose my customers now. These are the types of people that I would like to work with. And of course, the media is separating these groups almost automatically. So I think there's even more of an opportunity 
to grow faster because you might get quicker commitment from a certain base that believes a certain thing. So I don't know what it, what would you do? Like if you, let's say you, let's say you're a Coca-Cola, a Home Depot, a Walmart, you are the number one or number two leader. You have, you know, customers all over the globe. How would you, would you just keep doing your thing? Keep talking about your products and services? Keep saying we love all our customers or would you actually take a stand? Well, there's, um, the answer is it depends on who I am and what I've earned my way into. Um, and what I mean by that is I think there's, there's, there's two layers to this conversation, which is one, there is an opportunity to do this. In other words, there is an opportunity right now because, and you know, there's plenty of research out there that shows how, um, you know, I won't use the M word or the Z word, but you know, young people care about this, right? Young people care about brands taking a stand um, and driving forward a actionable mission that does good things for the planet, right? That that does good, basically acts as a good citizen in the world. And so that's there. So you look at it as a marketer and you go, there's my opportunity, right? Um, and then you go, okay, well, how do we execute against that? And I think the, that's the second layer, which is you have to earn your way into that conversation. Patagonia didn't start this like this year. You know what I mean? Patagonia has been doing this, as you mentioned, since the birth of the company. You know, Ben and Jerry's, this is part of their core brand value. Um, REI, it's part of their core brand. Nike, it's part of their core yep. brand. They've, they've, they've earned their way into having these conversations and, quite frankly, live and die by that sword, right? You know, Nike's a great example of this where, you know, they're going to put out their, 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 uh, their stance on racial issues on, uh, you know, and on other things. And quite frankly, don't have much of a leg to stand on on other things, you know, like, you know, you know, regulations in work environment and, you know, sweatshops in China and stuff like that, where they routinely get, you know, raked over the coals. And so you have to pick your conversation very carefully and you then you have to earn your way into it. You know, Starbucks has learned, a, you know, a time after time again when they tried to to get into the conversation by simply you know they were very earnestly trying to get into the world of 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 racial um tensions and you know there was that famous you know effort campaign that they had where they had baristas you know writing i can't remember the hashtag but they were writing a hashtag on the cups you know with your name and basically trying to inspire conversation while you were waiting for your coffee and it blew up in their face because they hadn't earned their way into that conversation yet. Even as earnest as they were, they hadn't earned their way into the conversation yet. So it's a long-term strategy that cannot be solved by simply throwing out a bunch of tweets saying, you know, let's make our icons, you know, black for a day or let's, you know, talk about, you know, hashtag this or hashtag that. And that's where the re that's where Gap ran into trouble. Um, you have to earn your way into that conversation in an authentic way, and it takes time. And so you have to have the time. And this is, you know, this is the heart of content marketing, right? You have to have the time, the investment, and quite frankly, the patience in order for that strategy to really pay off. And you have to be willing to suffer the blowback, 
right? You know, Nike's a great example of that. They're willing to suffer the sure. blowback from those, from those conversations. And so I, what would I do? It really depends on who I am, right? It, because if I haven't earned my way into that conversation, I'm not, I'm going to shut up about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to, if I'm Walmart, I, I'm probably not going to talk about a lot right now, but, but there's, you know, but there's some things that I probably can talk about, you know, their commitment to the environment and reusability and those kinds of things are all, all things that they, that they may be able no, to talk about, but you're right about yeah. the long-term effort. I think that the, the idea of, if you want to call it news jacking, is a problem yeah. if you're just trying to do that. It's so, oh, let's right. jump well, on this election right bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump jump on this uh, Black Lives Matter movement or whatever. If that's what you're trying to do in order to sell more stuff or engender yourself better to a certain group of people, you're in, you got problems. What I do like is if you go back to your organizational mission statement and you have a set of core beliefs. And a, and a core audience that you're talking to, then you have opportunity, as you say, to put a, a long-term strategy together and say, here's yeah. how I'm talking to this audience. Here's what we're going to do. Most mission statements you go to just talk about, here's the products we offer and here's where we sure, offer them. Sure, exactly. And right. boring. We're here to do increase shareholder with, value. Yeah, yeah. Can't do anything with that. So I think this is the idea of if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm going to, that's, that's a newsjacking opportunity. Right now, it should just be sending off alarm bells in your head that that's the wrong way to go. That's right. That's right. Now, the interesting thing, which what we're talking about is actually, you know, is actually a bigger, deeper issue. And it's actually, interestingly enough, um, and I, uh, 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 I, I don't know if it's a weakness of this particular story, but it's, but it's certainly, it kind of deviates from the challenge that the headline and the lead of the story sort of promises, which is how do you as a brand face the challenge of not the long-term strategy of being purpose-driven around societal issues, but rather in a divided where we find ourselves right now, deeply, deeply divided um, along red and blue lines at the moment where neither side is really listening to each other. And by, by the way, both sides are demonizing each other. How do you, as a brand, even unintentionally find yourself on one side of that fence or the other, right? It's, you know, it's easy enough to just go, hey, we're, we're trying to do this thing, and all of a sudden you find yourself unintentionally sort of wrapped up in some, you know, political statement that you didn't even really mean as political. And I think that's a really interesting you're just challenge talking about, here, which he's like oops we didn't mean that is that what you're talking about it's like oh i didn't think yeah, that was going to stir that up like i'm sure gap didn't think that they were going to stir up a whole lot of stuff which they just had a unity ad that's right well well or just like you know hey everybody wear a mask you know i mean and which I, is I don't very know political became, which you think it would not what, be political but it is exactly political. yeah it is right, and and so you you know you say something like that, and all of a sudden now weirdly you've gotten political without even meaning to be political, and so you know, and even actions that you're taking can sometimes be seen to be political when they're not right. You know, so if you're a restaurant and you're you know you 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 try and do this thing, or you're a retailer and you're saying, hey, listen, you know, you can't come in unless you're wearing a mask these days, or you know, or um, you know, there are there are uh, there was a story we covered, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago about Yelp, where um, you know they were 
people had political signs in the front of their stores and were getting bad reviews on Yelp yeah. because they had, you know, a, you know, Trump sign or a Biden sign in, in the in the front of their store or even just a, a flag. Right. You know what I mean? It's like there's this very weird sort of sensitivity now that we have to be aware of as marketers. And, 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 and it can and it can cause I've because I've, I've watched it happen where especially in content marketing, you've got brands that are like, I don't think we want to go down that road right now. Um, and it's a shame because there's, you know, either good stories or good thought leadership or good teaching or quite frankly, topical sorts of things we can cover. And we just don't because we're afraid of the blowback. Um, uh, and I think that's a really interesting challenge for marketers it, it is a in cha- today's it world. It is a challenge. I agree with you. And this is the world we live in. But it, let me give you an example. When I mean, you and I have worked on a ton of editorial mission, content marketing mission statements, and you use that as a living document. And when your content team comes together and they start kicking around, oh, we should do this blog post or this white paper or whatever, you always match that against your mission statement and say, is, uh, is this consistent with what we should be communicating? And real quick, you can get a yes or no answer for the most part. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So let's go back to you know, your overall mission statement and your, your values that you have. And if wear a mask does not fit into your overall mission as a company, you don't do it. Right. But that's the thing. They don't, they're like, oh, we should say wear a mask. And they don't go back to that, what do we stand for thing, first of all. Now, if it, and that, so there's a second step. If you good, did the whole wear a mask thing and you go back to your mission and your statement and your vision statement and you say, oh, it doesn't fit with how this, then you can make a long term decision and say, okay, we should, it should fit. So what do we need to change in our mission statement so that we can communicate these things? That's what I, that's yeah. the way I would do it. I, I I think you're right. You know, I mean, it's so funny. I just wrote on this for this week's my my blog post this week's, which is, you know, the the difference between intentions and outcomes, right? Where we often sort of look at the outcome as the only thing we have to focus on. In other words, what's the goal, right? What's our goal of this thing, and we just exactly to your point, we go into this brainstorming meeting with the team and we say, well, what's the goal? Oh, we want to teach people that wearing masks or whatever the topic is, is a good thing. And so great. Let's write something on that. It's like, yeah, but let's go back. What, what intention do we have? You know, what, what is the, what is our mission, right? What, what, who do we want to be? And as we take those small steps, does that fit in? Does that goal fit into the intention we're setting all along the way and does it align with that and that's there's a lot of that missing these days and so it's just literally taking a step back exactly to your point and saying are are we the right ones to have this conversation you know are are we the right ones to actually have an opinion on this right now have we earned our way into that discussion because if we haven't even if we're right and even if we feel like we're right and even if we feel like we're ready for the blowback it's probably not the right way to go in. And, and, and so the question becomes then, well, how do you earn, you know, without actually doing the thing, how do you actually earn your way into the conversation? And I think the answer is very slowly and very carefully. It's true. It's almost just like, you know, just like my regular Facebook feed during the election, right? I was all, I'm always, always been about showing the pictures of the family and the kids and good times or whatever. 
And then I made that decision to open up Pandora's box and get a little political. And holy moly, <laughs> how'd that work yeah, out? Exactly. For you? Well, that's the thing. Like so, and I did it. So I made a mistake because I didn't. Yeah. I didn't evaluate. I had an audience that expected certain things from me and wanted certain things from me from a communication standpoint, and I violated right. that for half the audience. That's right. Now. The right thing to do would have been to go back and say, okay, what am I using this channel for? Who's my target right. audience? Exactly. And is this the right message for that channel? And do I care that I'm going to lose half of them? And right. the, exactly. Well, and that's the thing where yeah. you go back and then, and then I said, no, I don't. So I'm doing it anyways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. exactly. But yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a it's a it's a very it's a fascinating time. You know, I mean, this is why I, I, I love being in marketing. It's it's trying to, you know, it's the it's the puzzle that is so hard to figure out, which is how do you move and resonate with audiences? And that is a that is a that is a it, 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 quite frankly, it is a puzzle that as a screenwriter, as a novelist, as a poet, as a songwriter, uh, and as a marketer, I think is, you know, I mean, look, it, it, um, <laughs> it, it is one of those things where, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, and I'm just, um, God, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell, I, and Joseph Campbell, uh, there's the I had to look in, back in my office to see. He's <laughs> like, "Where's the book? I um, need the book." Because it's a, no, it's a, well, it's actually hanging up on my wall. Um, but I can't from where I sit when I record this. I can't actually see it that clearly. It basically it, the the quote that I have hanging up on my wall is, you know, make the heartbeat of the universe match your heartbeat, and that's to me that's what's and, and he's speaking about storytelling, of course. And that, to me, is great marketing, right? When you can match your heartbeat to the heartbeat of the universe, then you've really created resonance in the world. And, and that's our goal. And so in a deeply divided audience, it's, it's, it, becomes, you know, it becomes more of a Rubik's Cube these days in trying to do that. So Absolutely. Fun, fun times, fun, fun, basically. Fun, fun, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next news item here. Uh, it is it's, it's related, but also really fun, um, which is uh, uh, you know sort of a, a way to tee this up, and and it comes to us courtesy of Ad Age, um, and I've seen a few of these, so I this is this is where you know this is where brands can really start to have some interesting fun with this divided thing. So the headline from the Ad Age article is that brands have fun with Twitter disputed meme uh, and, uh, and, and, and they basically talk about all of these brands that are now sort of posting up <laughs> basically Twitter um, and, you know, sort of memes, if you will, and then basically, you know, putting up the sort of things that Twitter would put the up about this claim, claim yeah, or disputed yeah, claim, disputed claim. Right. And the one that they have, the thing is Oreo cookie put up a thing saying Oreo cookies are the best. And then underneath it says, this claim has been disputed by no one. And there's a I whole bunch of them that they go through. It's so much fun. It's, 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 it's really great. And some, some of the brands have really had, um, uh, a lot of fun with this and, and, um, and you can start to see them now. And the article goes on to describe a few of them. So, um, yeah, it's 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 almost like there's no news story here other than go 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 check it out. Yeah. But this is the kind of thing we're talking about, right? This is where you start managing that art of trying to figure out how to have fun with this. You know, I am sure, I have no doubt 
that when Oreo put this out that there, and I, and I haven't, I'm not searching Twitter at the moment, so I can't prove this, but I have no doubt that they got some hate mail on that, right? I, I have no doubt that, that somebody had a bad reaction to that. Yeah. To how dare you, how dare you take a serious right. subject and what, you know, and what Twitter's doing wrongfully by, and, and you're, and you're panning to that, or I could absolutely see that. Sure. I mean, on both sides, you know what I mean? On both sides, you know, you could have some who are saying, you know, how dare you trivialize this? This is a serious issue that Twitter needs to take and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you need to make sure that you're, you know, being responsible to the other side who's saying, you know, exactly what you just said, which is, oh, I can't believe that you're doing this is fake news. You know, I can't believe that you're doing, you know, people will have, I'm sure they had bad reaction to that, but you know what? It's funny. It's just, it's just funny. I don't care. It, it's just, it's good. And so they were willing to be wrong for some people and right for others. And that's, that's kind of this art that we're talking about here. Yeah. I, I, I love the whole, <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. But again, it's, it's, it so lines up with the first article that you talked about. If this yeah. makes sense for us, I absolutely can see Ario and Burger King and Snickers doing this because they've been doing it for a long time. So that nobody would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. They'd be like, oh, that's awesome. That's what you're. Well, that's exactly the point. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right. So so you knew that they could, you know, when you see that, you're like, oh, of course they did that. Right. Of course. And that's funny. Right. It would be it would be weird, for example, for some very I'm trying to think of a brand uh, off the top of my head. Yeah. Let's say Home Depot. We Home Depot sells the best lumber or something, whatever. Right. Right. It doesn't right. come it would off feel right a little, for Home Depot's yeah, brand. Exactly. That's right. Right. That, that's right. Or Chick-fil-A or somebody like that. Right. Exactly. Oh, see, Chick-fil-A, that's a great example. Because Chick-fil-A, that definitely wouldn't stand up for Chick-fil-A's brand. Yeah, that's so, right. That's a good That's a good point. But for, you know, if well, it was Robert Rose, nobody would care. Like, I, the, well, nobody would care either way, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I, you know, it would. It, no, it, but what's it, funny it is. I read a this. teardrop in the ocean, my friend. No, you put together be. the show flow, and I read it. I read the article this morning. This article this morning, and I immediately, just for the fun of it, I I wrote down. You saw this. I wrote down. Uh, oh, content marketing is the best kind of marketing strategy. I just, you know, just making one of those broad statements. <laughs> right. And of course, it's been an hour, and over a hundred people like it. I just was like having fun with it. And we had we yeah. had one or two people that didn't agree with that. Yeah, exactly. You had a thing, you know. You you, you know you t- you took a you took a position. Took a position. And and one one person didn't agree, and I said, "Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know anything." That's how it's to done. be clear. You did not say you were an you idiot. Wanna, you want to no. You want to know how to do the social don't media? Don't put down your yeah. You put down your pitchforks. Do he did not call anybody yeah. an idiot. I, yeah. You want to know how to do the the Facebooks and the Twitter? I I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> I got the I got the social skills. I'm you know I I'm half done with Twitter anyway. I just you know I I, uh, I you know I like to Twitter. Twitter is my go to for for news breaks. I follow a hundred people, really? including you. I, and and those I found a couple different hashtags, but that's how I get my you know marketing news on, on and and actually regular news from oh, Twitter. Interesting. I've stopped looking at news on Facebook because I'm just tired of Facebook. So oh, Facebook yeah, I'm tired is now, of Facebook too. You know, we yeah, talked yeah. about that before. Facebook. I'm just I using block most news for. I'm gonna just do it for feel good stuff. 
Yep, that's what that's what I've done. I've I've really started to architect my Facebook feed for just family pictures, um, pictures of food, pictures of cocktails, pic, you know, bitching about my you know cowboys or football or you know any of that. Just fun, interesting stuff. And I sort of block. Um, I learned this hack. There was a fun hack that I learned actually from Chris Penn, um, which is you can block the news source. Um, when you see something that you don't really want to see in your feed anymore, you don't block the person, you block the news source. You're talking, and if you block the news source. You're talking about on Facebook? Yes, that's exactly. right. And you block the news source, and, and, and all of a sudden you won't see posts. You'll still see posts from that person. You just won't see posts that have anything coming from that news, particular news source. And because so many people post from the same news source, you know, you can really start to whittle down the news sources that you're seeing, if any at all. And my, I'm pretty much not at all. No, it's really working for me because now all I'm seeing are Newsmax articles, which is just working out <laughs> great for me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I feel like, no, I feel you, like I'm going to walk yeah. to the end of the block and fall off because the earth is flat. That's, that's pretty much yeah. how I'm, I'm There saying. it is. If, you, if you're is. a watcher of Newsmax, I apologize. No, he he really doesn't, folks. He doesn't actually apologize. <laughs> what are you doing? To any of that? That's yeah. what I'm gonna say. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next quick story here, which is actually a process-oriented story. So it comes out of the sort of topical news, and this one comes to us courtesy of Digital Content Next, um, which we've actually pulled a couple yeah, of stories from. Time yeah, in a row. here we yeah, go. Second time in Regular a row here. Contributor to this old market. And, Advancing the future of trusted content. Yes, that's Ring what it's Ring the bell, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Evolving evolving culture and tech-savvy critical to publishers' subscription strategies. I really like this article. Um, the article opens up by saying, even prior to COVID-19, premium publishers were turning to audience revenue, mainly in the form of subscriptions, to grow profits. You guys might remember we talked about uh, New York Times last episode. Anyway, in an uncertain ad market, says the article, uh, consumer offerings are critical for publishers. In fact, Reuters Institute confirmed this strategy in early 2020, reporting that 50% of digital leaders identify reader revenue as their income focus for the year. Now, fast forward mid-fourth quarter in the midst of a global pandemic, and we find publishers further prioritizing audience-first initiatives with new products. Recently, the author spoke with Constantine Kamaras, who is the project lead for best practices in digital publishing at OPA Europe, about the long game for publishers. Kamaras uh, offered keen insight into the reader-centric model and shared highlights from their new report, Subscription Strategies for Digital Publishers. Uh, and um, this is an, then an interview with said person that talks about the idea of premium publishing and really speaks to the idea of the benefits of of developing not only sort of technology strategies, but you've got to really get into a, a culture, a change of the culture within. And this is something I find even in brands, right? It's not just in media companies. I find this in brands too, is that you've really got to change this idea of the culture of conversion and processing of leads and rather building subscribers yes. that are audiences that may become leads. And that's a big difference. And I think there's a really set of good lessons here that we can take from this as brand marketers when we when you know when we look at the new subscription models being put forward by media companies. What did you take from this? I think that you you hit the one of the most important things we can talk about because as we've 
we've mentioned this many times on this show, but but the vid, as you and I call it, has accelerated <laughs> has has not changed anything inherently what was going on in marketing it's just accelerated the changes that were already happening and the big change that you and i have been talking about is exactly what you mentioned we're not trying to get a name to get a lead and then to nurture that lead to buy a product we're trying to grow a trusted audience base an audience of subscribers that look forward to get our information on an ongoing basis. And if we do a really good job of that, we can launch multiple types of products against that, that they will be more than happy to buy. And that's what this article talks about. It's like, okay, yeah. well, instead of just building this audience and, and the audience becomes the product and we can throw a bunch of advertising at them, what we're going to do is we're going to really focus on delivering value to these readers, these subscribers on a regular basis, and then we can launch all kinds of products. And they're talking in the article talks a lot about e-commerce and moving away from uh, from advertising, which I love and I hate the whole advertising model. And they're not as bothered by, you know, there's a whole part in the article about church and state and, you know, where I mean, I remember when I was at Penton Media, when we went into an editorial and advertising meeting where when we got to the talk about the advertising relationship part with the client, the editor from our staff had to leave the room. Do you remember? I mean, I don't yeah. know if you've ever been a part of that. I thought at the time it was like, oh, okay, now we're going to talk business and the editors have to leave the room. I'm like, what? That's yeah, the way right. it was. Yeah. Today, I think we, we're all we're all considered the big boy table and figure this thing out together <laughs> um, and not have to worry about it. So these changes that are happening are fantastic. And all that it means is that everything that you and I have been talking about for the past 250 stupid episodes that we've been doing is we've seen this convert the, the convergence of media and marketing has now happened we are seeing that's right. right now in front of us where we cannot tell the difference between what a product slash service company is doing from a marketing basis and what a media company is doing it's the same that's model. right so that's, right. that's what i if there's anything and i'm not going to you know, be thankful. This is not an early thankful, but I guess it is. I won't. I won't use it at the end. But I'm. That's one thing that you can be thankful for if you're a content marketer, if you're behind this whole media marketing thing, is because we have seen this change so rapidly. What What's happened in the past six months would have taken five years, in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. I mean, we've seen it. We've started to. You know, what's interesting is is that we've been. It, the 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 flip side of that let's call it is that many businesses have been pushed into the pool you know so to, in an accelerate you know so they were trying to make their way down the stairs into the pool but nah, somebody you know this thing called vid called came in and and and, and pushed them from the stairs into the deep end yeah. of the pool and now they're trying to swim um and and the culture change that and operational changes that have to take place um, in order for you to understand how to swim are, can be steep. Um, and so uh, the, the challenge that we have right now is that many of these businesses, you know, they understand that, that content is a thing and that we need to engage with our customers and create fans and, and really keep them engaged through the entirety of their journey. And, you know, and all of that is sort of like, you know, you get a lot of nodding heads going, yep, that's, that's right. That's right. And then you go, great. Now you've got to have a team and a strategy and an operational, you know, uh, model to actually do that. And then people go, oh, right, right. Yeah, we need that. Um, where do you get one of those? <laughs> right? and, and, and that's the that's the thing. And so content marketers, 
these days, and I've talked about this, and this is my big, you know, my big rave and rant these days um, that I go, that I go, you know, I don't go around the world, but when I get on virtual conferences, when I get on Zoom calls these days, um, the one thing I'm talking so much about is how content marketers that are really, you know, focused in on creating great content and, you know, promoting that great content and all the things that we've talked about for years, uh, you know, applying journalistic standards, doing, delivering values, storytelling, all that stuff. Yes, that's fantastic. And yay. And go continue to develop that muscle. But you also have to start developing the muscle of operational models of, uh, you know, of finance models of, you know, how to treat audiences from a technology standpoint and how to put those processes and governance things into place, because that's the critical piece right now is that you're in the deep end of the pool and it's really nice that you you know you want to swim the breaststroke and butterfly and backstroke and all these wonderful things but you got to learn to swim you got to learn to keep your head above water first and and that's the that's that's a critical piece of this uh, no it's a great point and also the business models that come from this and that's That's right like remember how excited you and i were both when we when we kind of unpacked what lego did with the lego movie that's right. And talking about how difficult that was and how they generated a whole revenue stream that they never thought was possible before, as well yep. as create all these new products off the off, you know, once they created the Lego movie, and you talked about this really well. And then they created the products from the movie, not the products, and then the movie, which how most people That's right. would do it. That that cognizance of the business models available is something is something that most content marketers don't have. They're, they're trying to get more people to buy the current products we have. They're not thinking about, oh, they're not creating this hypothesis. If we build this loyal audience, what's possible? It could be that if there's a product line out there that it could be better than anything you have right now. But we ha- we're not thinking that way. That's, that's the next jump that I think we need to make that a lot of companies don't think of. So It's, 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 it's exactly true. You know, and... Um well, we've got, you know, we've, we've, we, <laughs> we've, we've, we've definitely chewed through this, but you know, it, it is, uh, I'm, you know, not to, not to sort of, I'll, I'll, this is another thing I'm grateful for this year. Um, it is, you know, and it's not, it wasn't one of my three that I, that I have that we'll talk about, but it, but the, one of the things that I am grateful for this year is, you know, if anything has, accelerated the visibility of the need for this it's been this year right and and so it's one of those things where just to your point in a normal world this might have taken years to figure out that it was important and you know we might want to just put band-aids on it until we figure it out and you know we're trying to you know cover it up as best we can and you know we don't really have the skills but you know we can eh, we can outsource some of it and all that you know no you got it it's like rip that band-aid off you've got to figure this out now you got it it's time you know i just literally wrote in um you know we just uh cmi is going to be releasing their um demand gen research um and demand gen and content marketing research coming up here pretty soon and one of the things I wrote in the int- introduction was the good news about 2020 is that everybody got held at the starting gate um, when the you know when the gun went off for 2020 uh, you know sort of go in your marketing everybody got held behind. The bad news is you're all behind. You're, we're already behind, and you know so time has been ticking this whole time. And and 
you know, even though we're just in the same spot as our competitors, eh, we're still behind and we need to, it's now time to, it's not time to think about this anymore. It's time to take action and do. Yeah. Now we got to rush. Like we yeah. gotta, we gotta go. Got to go. Got to go. The vid's on the move. I'm sorry. I should, <laughs> I should say, no, you were, you and I were joking before. So a uh, good, good friend of mine, uh, we'll just call him Jim. I don't want to know if he wants his last name out there. So er, this is in March. He was calling COVID the vid. So starting yeah. in March, we've all been calling it the vid. Who had the vid? Yeah. That guy's got the vid. That girl's got the vid. You know, get away from the vid. All that kind of stuff. DeWine shutting down Ohio because of the vid. You know, these kinds of things would happen. And that I told you that I watched Kevin Hart's uh, special on Netflix. And the first minute, he starts calling it the vid. That's the first right. person that, I, that I've that i known besides our friend group that calls it the vid. But I'm sure we'll get nasty letters on that because it's, maybe it's disrespectful. But it's <laughs> disrespectful, to, 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 disrespectful to the vid, to the itself. vid. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. gonna get a to tweet the, from the vid yeah. saying, "Don't from call the me vid." vid. <laughs> COVID nineteen, sir. <laughs> call me by my proper name. <laughs> he doesn't. The vid doesn't like uh, being uh, called the, the nicknames. Vid. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, well, speaking of nicknames, um, uh, you know, we should talk about a uh, our wonderful yes, sponsor yes, here yes. Because we, we should, and everybody's waiting for us to stop talking. Yeah, about the vid. of course. Yes. <laughs> hey, Content Marketing University enrollment is open right now, and it is open until the end of the year, December thirty first, twenty twenty. It is absolutely the perfect time to train yourself and your team on what it takes to be a content marketer and what you need to know, the how-to behind building a proper content marketing strategy so that you, if the vid's after you, you can actually get away from the vid. And you can do that by going to Content Marketing University. <laughs> I got totally lost. Well, you tied that in really well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, the CMI people are not going to be happy that I mixed that up together. But, uh, yeah. but you know what? I did it. So that's some co-branding right there. And we don't edit this podcast at all. So whatever happens on this podcast stays. So we can say something really stupid. It's like Vegas. It's the Vegas of podcasts. So go to contentmarketinguniversity.com. You can enroll yourself and your team. And I don't know if you know this or if you've ever known this, because if you don't know this, you're a new listener. But Mr. Robert Rose has been running the CMI University program for a long, long time. He's got his master class series in there. It's fantastic. Fantastic. If you need to know about how to do content marketing, you have to start with his course and you can get it right now at contentmarketinguniversity.com. That's a wonderful thing. You know, and, and here, here, here's, here's the good news uh, is that beyond what you get in my masterclass, um, which I am proud of, I have to say, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I've fine tuned it every year and it just gets better and better. So it's a bit of a gem that I've been able to polish over the number of years. Um, but even better is all the other classes, sessions, uh, talks that sort of hang off of the individual pieces that I do, audience building, storytelling, et cetera. That you get to watch too, that you know that that are there for your education as well. So it's not just the masterclass; it's also all this other content that you get, which is really great. Here, I was trying to lift you up and whatever, and you said no. I know. it's not I about know. you. I'm saying it's about it's not you. About you me. said it's not about you. It's about everything That's right. else. That's right. Well, 
That's right. It's about that is absolutely. We can all be together on this. We can all join hands. Content marketing. We can. We can be unified as we were. No more red states or blue states. It's this old marketing states. And we will all go down together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought right about Billy, that song. Went right to Billy Joel, Billy Joel in Vietnam. There we go. Always room for a Billy Joel song. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now we would normally do our rants and rave section, our empirically proven favorite part of the show. But this time, as you take your walk, you know, you've had your turkey, you've watched your football, you've done all the things with Thanksgiving that you might want to do. And now what are you grateful for as you look up into the night sky and see the stars and think about all the things that you're grateful for in a very weird 2020 year. And Joe and I have picked a couple of things to sort of talk through about what we're grateful for this year. Um, you want to go first with your first one and yes, uh, talk will, a little bit about what you're go, I've got grateful one, for this Thanksgiving? Yes, I have one that's that's sort of about the industry and I have two that's personal. So yeah. the, the first one I'll start with. And, uh, you know, I never want to say I take certain people for granted, but there are people in this industry that have just been around forever doing good work and sometimes don't get noticed as much about what they're doing. But especially in 2020 with all that's happened, I've realized people like Brian Clark and Doug Kessler and Ann Hanley and Drew Davis and yourself and all these amazing people that are doing such great work to build this industry up, especially at a time when I think this industry is, is I don't want to say it wasn't getting a second look. But, you know, as we came out of the gates 10 years ago, I was like, oh, content marketing, what is it? What is it? And then as it's built into this real practice area of marketing, I feel that sometimes it's just been an also ran. But with what, what what's happened in the last six months, I think people are taking a fresh look at it. And you've got some, some wonderful leaders out there that are doing some amazing work. And I just wanted to send out a thank you to all those individuals who keep tweeting and writing blog posts and doing webinars and training and, and keeping this uh, industry going. So thank you for that. Ah, oh, well, that's real nice. I like that one. That's a, that's, that's very well, of course nice. You and you're should. so right you're in it. That was, well, that was yeah, but it's not it. about me. It's not about me. It's about all of the wonderful, wonderful people who are out there doing great work and they don't get, you're right. They don't get, uh, uh, a lot of times the, you know, sort of things that you would want to, you know, attention that you would want, you know, and, and you know, what was interesting about content marketing world this year was the way that we got to present the speakers. I think we got to surface a lot of keynote level speakers that don't otherwise get surfaced. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the way we had to structure the, the show this time, um, you know, so we had, uh, gosh, just all sorts of people that, you know, um, f- from, well, from our two major celebrity speakers, right? Levy Ajayi Jones and W. Kamau Bell. Um, but, you know, uh, as well as, uh, you know, uh, uh, so many other people um, that were truly, gr- are truly great speakers, but didn't get to, you know, don't normally get to sort of be highlighted in, in a, in a conference, um, or, you know, their work get highlighted in a conference. And so I just, I I think that's wonderful that you were able to, uh, you know, to able to, to, to highlight those folks because it's, it's truly, you know, we do often get trapped in the inside baseball side of things and, and, you know, and it, uh, yeah, I think that's just wonderful. 
Um, well, do all right. You, do so you have one? You'd like I do. I do okay. have one that I'm gonna I'm gonna share here. So it, you know, I think one of the interesting things has been the challenges has been uh, work from home this year, um, and uh, you know, it, it's there have been. I have actually said out loud, you know, I long, <laughs> I actually long for some taupe cubes, um, you know, dimly lit conference rooms with, you know, ratty old whiteboards sitting in front of people, you know, in front of, uh, the, the spider shaped phone and, you know, and trying to have conference, um, meetings and all of that. And I miss that. I miss a lot of that. And, you know, talk about taking things for granted. I've, I have, you know, often taken that for granted as you, sit in that conference room, eating a bad donut, drinking some coffee and looking out over the company parking lot, but how wonderful that actually is. And, and one of the things that I'm actually grateful for this year is that I'm actually, I'm in a position, you know, of, of privilege, quite frankly, um, to be able to do my job where I live. Um, and I can continue to do my job, you know, this job, certainly the job of consulting and speaking and so many people can't, um, and so I'm I'm really cognizant of 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 the people that can't do their job from home, um, or have tremendous difficulty in doing their job at home. And I'm so grateful um, for my you know for my ability to be able to do my job from home. And so it's it's you know as I consciously think about you know all the people out there who have struggled this year. Um, simply because their job can't really be defined by sitting in front of a computer or doing Zoom calls. And every time I complain about doing a Zoom call or doing this kind of thing in front of Microsoft Teams or, you know, getting up from my computer at three o'clock in the afternoon going, goodness gracious, I haven't been up all day. I also have to say, wow, I'm really grateful that I get to do that, right? That I get to earn money basically sitting in front of a computer and not having to, you know, go out and do some of those things. So that's one of the things I'm really grateful for. Very good. Yeah. We are blessed, aren't we? That we're able to do we are this. Indeed. We know a lot of people that are going through some really rough times and aren't able to do what we're, we're doing. So yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's your second one? Um, you know what? Let's just do this. I've got, I've got a second and third one that are pretty darn close. I'm going to put them together. So here's my, okay, here's my great. second. Yeah, and yeah. I'll let you take, take it home. Sure. So the, you know, it's been a tough year for everybody. And in March, I was totally losing all sense of reason because I thought the world was ending. And, uh, you know, and then you, you sort of get back into the, the groove and figure out all the blessings that you have. And there, so there's a couple that come to mind that's gotten me through the last six to eight months. And one is my, my two teenage boys, they've both been home almost all the time. And my oldest was supposed to go to university, and my youngest was going to be a senior, is, is a senior in high, high school, but he's just not going to class right now. And they've been home a lot, and we've had the opportunity to spend a lot more time with each other because of that. And so when I look back on 2020, as bad as it has been in, in a lot of different ways, it's been great from the standpoint that I almost got an extra year with the boys, that they would have been gone normally Aww. so so i yeah. so that's the one yeah it's it's uh, i think about that a lot i try to make sure i lean into that um you know hopefully we'll get back to normal next year at some point and um and then i'll look back and say wow all that bad happened but we got that we got next year with the boys so that'll be good good things to think about and then yeah and then the last thing you know i gotta i gotta throw a lot of love out there's there's three particular couples 
that uh, that we hang out with, uh, and uh, you know the the and I, I, I you know I, I want to say their names, but I don't know if they want to <laughs> be attached to me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, you know the the, the you know the Kozak family, the Kalinowski family, the Maxheimer family. Um, during this time, we've figured out really unique ways to spend time outside uh, with each other to get through this this time and not you know and sort of try to be as normal as we can. And I absolutely love those three couples and their families that goes and we've really become a family over the last couple of years and especially during this point, I don't know if we've uh, if we would have all been able to, keep our heads on straight if it wasn't for for all of us just saying you know let's let's be human i we've we've got to do so safely let's figure out how to do so safely outdoors and still have a good time and see each other so i want to send out my my thanks to those three families well that's just wonderful yeah that's just wonderful well it, it and it and it and it wraps with one of mine as well so as we sort of um sort of bring this all around full circle um yeah my two that remain one more is professional and then the other was very much like your one of yours is 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 about the family and friends um my second one is 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 about you know this year has uh shown us a lot when we when we think about the world of the professional world that we that we live in and in many ways uh you know they would never say this, um, and 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 I'm thinking I have two clients in particular um, who this year made purchases with us with my little tiny business. Um, who I know, and they would never say this. We never, I never overtly asked. They never overtly said that you know, it was. It was just. It was just went unsaid that they were buying my services, my retained in many, in, in, in both cases, services, um, because they were supporting us, right? Rather than sort of they needed consulting, right? Or they needed training or they needed this thing. They were, you know, they were, the, the, at least part of their motivation was, this is, you know, we've been partners, we've been, you know, colleagues, we've been clients, we've been vendors, we've been, you know, whatever. And they're doing it because they're supporting. And that is something I'm truly grateful for, is having the relationship that I've had with a few of the, our clients over the years that I can know that and not have to say that. And it's, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a truly special thing when you, can, when you can sort of look out and see those people. And, and, and even the ones that didn't support, you know, that, that are supporting you sort of emotionally or supporting you in a way that, you know, is truly about their caring for you and what you do rather than sort of, ah, because I'm getting something out of it. You know what I mean? And I think it's, I think it's a, it's a pretty special thing. Um, and then my last one is, uh, very much like yours. It's about, you know, the fact that I haven't gotten on a plane uh, since the beginning of March. And that is a very weird thing for me for the last, that's the longest I've not been on a plane in 10 years. Um, and that's a very weird thing. Um, but I will tell you honestly that I have in the last eight months gotten to know my wife in a different way. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. We've, you know, had a, had a fantastic time 
you know, in, in what would normally have you would have thought would have been not a good situation. Um, but uh, it actually turned out to be a wonderful situation that um, I've gotten to know my wife in a different way and really gotten to enjoy my time that I've gotten to spend with her. And, and again, it goes back to my, you know, thankfulness that I'm ability to have the ability to do my job where I am. And that's where it is. Yeah. That's so, very cool. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very interesting thing when you get to know people that you've known for a million years and my wife and I've been married for 27 years now. So it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, yeah. So I think that when we look back on 2020, we'll know the, a lot of the horrible things that happened, but we'll also look back and say, wow, a lot of great things happen as well. And we've got to lean into those. And I'll end with this is my, uh, my youngest son who's on, Reddit, I mean, you probably saw this because you're you're a Reddit fan, but said that there's some Reddit thread going on about what if 2021 is as amazing as 2020 was horrible. I saw that. that? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's something to think about. Um, could be a great year next year, but I we've, think we have it's a lot be. to be thankful for. Yeah. Yeah, we do indeed. We do indeed. All right. Well, you're. I mean, as this airs, you're with your family, yes? Yep, yep. Thanksgiving? We're, we're, in, we're doing, um, uh, we, we have one group of people with my family, and then we have one group of people that we're going to see, and we've all committed to, you know, two weeks of quarantining beforehand, not seeing anyone, so that we could get together and see each other for Thanksgiving. So that's what nice. we're, so we usually we do a little bit more, but we're doing a little bit laid back just with the one group of people. Um, and I think we're doing it in a safe way. So <laughs> nice. So there's that. And we'll still see some people. Are you hanging out at home? What are you doing? Uh, you know, I mean, that th- we all this talk about a new lockdown. It's like, oh, well, that doesn't really yeah, change you're, my life. You're in the same, yeah. same <laughs> I've been locked down since March. We haven't really done much. I mean, we've gone to the occasional restaurant and stuff like that over, you know, maybe once a month or something when it, things opened up a little bit. But it's not going to be much different than it's been. It's been me and my wife and the folks that live in the house that we live in. So it, that's going to be our little family bubble. Um, it has been our little family bubble for, you know, for eight months. And so we will, we'll actually go up north. We have a little place, as you know, up yeah. in uh, Montecito on the beach. And we're going to spend a good week up there um, just sort of laying around on the beach, um, having some good food, some good laughs, and doing a little relaxing. There so that's where I'll be wishing, when this airs. Wishing you and yours the best. Absolutely. Talked on the flip side. Yeah. We will indeed. That is it, folks. That is it for episode number 250. 50, I mean, come on now. 250 episodes. 250 stinking episodes. Uh, all for a you. A lot people. of episodes. That's right. <laughs> we have some surprises coming up, folks, um, in the beginning of the new year. So you're going to want to tell people about this. This is going to be fun. We're going to do. Uh, I don't want to oversell this, but yeah, don't but, don't but, say but, anything. Yeah. We got some news, and we'll lay yeah. it on you in a little bit. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. So anyway, uh, go to iTunes, give us a review, share it with a friend, won't you? Uh, if you want more Joe Polizzi in the meantime, go to JoePolizzi.com newsletter. He's got a good one. Um, if you want more of me, you can get that at ContentAdvisory.net. Of course, hashtag us up, social this thing up, um, let us know some news items, what you want to talk about. Hashtag is this old marketing um and remember until we meet again it's your story to tell tell it well see you in a couple of weeks on this old marketing